Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, Duke goes down, as Coach K is the first ever lame duck coach to lose his only non-conference true road game in his final season, ever, I think. Also, Gonzaga has lost two of their last three games, so should they be worried? Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. All right, big. So it's been about a week and a half since we recorded, um, you know, just holidays busy you're volunteering and all the time and all that fun stuff so we have a lot of stuff to get into let's let's get right into it um okay. let's start off with duke you know i think it was two i think that was a fri- that was a friday night game a couple fridays ago here and they played gonzaga and was really you know gonzaga did take the lead for a moment in the second half but it seemed like duke was in control most of that game um what did you think of that game yeah, we had previewed that game. I think that was the last time we potted was maybe like right before that game was going to play, so before Thanksgiving. And, it was the day I, before Thanksgiving, if I remember correctly, that we potted. Yeah, and I think I was thinking, man, all we've seen is Gonzaga just obliterate everybody, so they're probably going to obliterate Duke. And uh, within minutes, you could kind of tell, like, I, I, I don't think this team is not this, – this isn't going to be one of those where Gonzaga just runs them around the gym. Uh Duke looked like the bigger, the more athletic team, and and they are, right? That's that's what right. Duke is. They are a big, athletic, physical kind of AAU type of team, and they're going to win games because of that athleticism a lot of times. And um, it was really interesting to see Mark Williams, you know, have he's gotten off to a kind of a slow start to that point in the year. Uh, he was kind of the show for them. I mean, he, he I feel like he won the matchup against Timmy and – you know, Drew Timmy is a is, is a really really good big man, one of the best in the country. But you could kind of see an area where he struggles, and that's against the guys who are who are bigger than he is and a little more. I mean, he's obviously never going to be accused of being real athletic or quick, so he has to win with you know his 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 craft, and, and it just wasn't working. And uh, I think the the one of the my biggest takeaway I think from that game, and and we can maybe just expand this out. From Gonzaga's perspective, the loss to Alabama, too, is that they, they don't have the guards that they did last year. When we no. talk about this this Gonzaga team compared to last year's Gonzaga team, this year's this year's front court's good. You know, Timmy and, and Holmgren and Watson is, is a pretty good trio, but their guards just aren't ready. Those those two freshmen are, are clearly just not ready. I think we like Rajir Bolton, right? He's like a nice player, but if he's your best guard, I think you're, you're in trouble, you know, and, and Nembhard had, had gotten off to a really good start. And I think he's maybe come back to the pack. He's probably not the best point guard in the country. And, and we live in a world where we're going to react and overreact to, to new information always coming in. And he had played awesome in a couple games, but we've got three years of data that suggests Andrew Nembhard is not the best point guard in the country. He's just not, he's a really good player. And I think he's like a nice system fit for them, but they don't, they don't have a guy that can, that can go create a shot at the end of the shot clock. They have to have everything kind of in structure. They don't have a guy like Suggs who could do it. 
uh, or Ayayi last year who could kind of do that, or Kispert who could do that on the perimeter last year. Their offense just isn't going to be as dynamic, and, and their defense might be better, but but they're not they're not going to just be able to run circles around some of the really, really good teams at the top of the sport. And that's the way we're judging Gonzaga is at the very top of the sport. Yeah, and you talked about Nemhard, and I think if we would have been talking about him a week ago, um, we would have been talking about him as averaging 12, 13, 14 points per game. Um, all of a sudden, you know, his last three games, six, nine, and four points, he's down to 8.7 points per game. And looking even further at it, you know, he really only has one game in double figures. That's the game against UCLA with 24. So it's almost like that game, that game we overreacted on, I think. Mm-hmm. And started crowning him as, you know, one of the top guards in the country, which, you know, like you said, he's a good player. He's he's probably better fit as almost like a six-man, I would say. on A six-man on last year's Gonzaga team, not a go-to guard who you expect to just go get you a bucket here and there, right? I mean, I think he's good enough to be the starting point guard for a team that can win a title. The problem is, is the two and three for them are are Julian Strother and Razier Bolton. It's not, you know, he he just can't be the guy that you have to. If he's your starting point guard, you need another perimeter guy who can go and and be kind of that alpha scorer, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's a facilitating guard, and and on nights where Timmy like that against Duke in particular, I mean, they lost by what five points or something. It was a competitive game, but on a night where Timmy doesn't have it. Who, 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 who scares you consistently? Who can score? And that night, I guess, Strother, Julian Strother, their sophomore yep, swing yeah, was 20. good. But I just think a lot of those perimeter guys are kind of, I don't know, maybe a year away a little bit. I think Strother is maybe a year away from being like a really – doesn't he just strike you as the guy who next year is going to come and average like 17 a game, like kind of what Kispert did? And and those two freshman guards are just not they, – they just not – they don't give them five-star production. Yep. And continuing on with Duke, you know, they got that get that win. Um, we talked about the big game that uh Mark Williams had. He you know, he was eight for nine for seventeen points, just very good stat line. And, you know, they travel, I think it was like last Monday or Tuesday, they played on the road against Ohio State in the Big Ten ACC challenge. And you know, and I think it was like early to mid second half, they're up 13 or 15 or something, something right around that area. Mm-hmm. But the last five minutes, they just, I don't think they scored about the last five minutes, four or five minutes. And Ohio state uh, behind, mostly behind Zed key. He had a great game, mm-hmm. um, came back and, you know, ekes out a five point win. Yeah. We're talking about, um, <clears throat> You know, Ohio State, the first week or two of the season, we're thinking, man, what what's wrong with this Ohio State team? There's just something they just seem like they're not they're not all there. I don't know. It just it feels underwhelming. And then they go and they get a win over Seton Hall the night before Thanksgiving, which was awesome. Uh or maybe no. Maybe earlier in the week. I don't know. They got a win over Seton Hall at some point. Then they had a buzzer beating loss to a, a good Florida team. So they they've played some very good competition early in the year. And then they and then they knock off Duke in in a thrilling kind of fashion, where Duke had gotten to the one seed. And thank God, right? And Ohio State's got to be America's team there because if Duke's going to go the entire season ranked number one, and we start hearing this undefeated talk, that would have just been awful. And, and you know the ACC is pretty bad, where Duke could very well run the table in a garbage ass ACC. Yep. Thank God Ohio State did that because I would have been I would have been really sick. Of, we could just put Duke I, over I, here. I have a question for here. you. I have a question for you. So this might be you know. I'm obviously biased in a sense, but Duke loses to an unranked Ohio State team, right? They drop for a, what, one to three? 
Is that what they were ranked today? Something like that. We're, we're recording this on Monday. North Carolina, who is, I believe, 5-2 and two now or 6-2, and two, one of the two. And mm-hmm. their two losses are against the number one team, Purdue, and the number 13 team, Tennessee. And granted, they look like shit against Tennessee. They remain unranked. I feel like that's bullshit. I'm not saying you had to put them top 10 or anything, but unranked that, that that amazes me i'm sorry yeah i don't i don't know i don't know how it somehow it feels like somehow north carolina has just become a bit of an afterthought in the college basketball space over the last few years because i think i saw matt norlander tweet about this a little bit and it just kind of got my my thoughts going uh the gonzaga alabama game they and, and duke and the uh the duke gonzaga game had the same thing where they have the espn nba draft scout guy there and like during the game they'll cut to him and he'll talk about a handful of the prospects and uh and this has been a lot a complaint of mine over the last three four five years is just the obsession with who's going to be an nba prospect right mm-hmm. where the where the lottery picks what are these guys' pro potentials like i'm not watching to hear about their pro potential and and i just feel like duke where duke has just gone into overdrive on that every single player they obsess over where this guy's going to get drafted and North Carolina hasn't had a ton of that that prospect love lately. You know what I mean? Like they, they Kobe White was who was a who was a good prospect, and like Cole Anthony, yep. but that but that team was just so trash that it wasn't really yep. a big deal. I just feel like no one really thinks about Carolina anymore. I don't know what it is. They're you, you we consider them a blue blood and one of the biggest brands in the sport, and and I don't know what it is. They just they feel like it's people just don't they don't think about them very much over the last few years and. And that's fine. They don't have to be ranked. I don't. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, they, I just think it's weird. And like, it is. It, I would probably be thinking a little differently if they did be, didn't beat Michigan, which granted Michigan hasn't played as well as we expected. Yeah. I still think that was a high quality win though, and they completely controlled that game. Well, it was high quality in the sense that they they were up by like thirty in the second half. I mean, that was an yeah. absolute dominant win. Yeah. Uh, which is encouraging. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I'll get off my soapbox here. No, I, I hear you. It, it, the law, the the ESPN kind of circle jerk over Duke is, it's it's annoying. It uh, you know it's it's the same way ESPN circle jerks over the Cowboys and the Lakers and just the big brands. You know, it yep. is what it is. Yep. Um. Anyways, let's uh let's go over to Gonzaga, and I'll be honest with you here. I did not have a chance to watch that game against Bama, but I know one thing that I have read about that game is just that. You know, Bama has three, maybe even four of the top guards in the country. We already knew about Shackelford, and we already knew about uh, Quinterly. But, you know, J.D. Davison has been up to expectations, and Keon Ellis is another guy who's been showing out too. Yeah, they've got a good squad, Bama. I mean, that, that loss to Iona is really puzzling in the in the, uh, in the the ESPN Invitational or whatever the hell it was that they, that they lost to Iona in. But... Yeah, I mean, Shack- Shackelford, Quinterly, Davison, Keon Ellis is off to a good start. Uh, is it Gray? They've, they've got – we talked about this the very first week of the season, that they've got more depth. I was really worried about the Bama depth going into the year. I thought, God, I, I like what I think their starting five is going to be. And then after that, I'm just I, – I don't know. I don't know what they have. Mm-hmm. Well, they clearly have a lot. They they have a lot more, I think. Keon Ellis is breaking out and having a really good sophomore. I think he's a sophomore. Having a really nice season, um, and then I think it's is it is it Jawan Gray or Gary? They have another kind of swingman who gives them who gives them really solid production as yep, well. Gary. 
Yeah, Gary, he's been good. And Darius Miles has been good. They've gotten they've gotten a lot out of some of these guys. And and you know, I mean, they're going to ride Shackelford and Quinterly. That's probably the best kind of guard duo in the country. You know, Davison's a five star guard who's been who's been really solid to start the season as well. And, and the style that they play at is just going to be hard for teams to handle. And, and a Gonzaga, they kind of exposed, I think, Gonzaga's lack of of guard talent. You know, uh, they've got okay guards, but I mean, Andrew Nemhard did not look like. <laughs> The the Alabama guards I'll take over the Gonzaga guards, and it's still a guard game, you know. Sometimes and and so I think Alabama's super dangerous. I think they're be- they've been better than I expected, even with the yeah. weird kind of loss to Iona. I just think the the depth that they've got, they're just going to be such a they're just going to be such a pain to play against because they're they're another team. They've got four guys who can go for twenty plus on a given night, or all four of them could go for twenty plus on a given night, and they could put up a hundred on you. Yeah. And I'm just going to use this as a segue to get into that ESPN events invitational. And with these tournaments, we're definitely late to the party on talking to talking about these. So we're just going to keep these pretty short, but you know, the main highlights we had talked about this tournament and how the matchup everyone wanted that we probably wouldn't get. Cause you know, whatever you want, as far as matchups never seems to happen was Kansas against Bama, right? That was going to be our championship game. Yeah. That would have been well, Rick Pitino is able to pull off some magic and you know upset Bama in the first round, and Kansas loses to Dayton in the second round, and you know all this bigs is overshadowed by one thing and Belmont beating Drake, which we had a bet on this. We did, and I win. So, care to comment? Uh, you won. I sometimes you just gotta wear it, you know. You you won. Well done. And yeah, I mean, it was a it was a heck of a game. Maybe the best game of the first day. Well, I guess Iona knocking off Bama was probably one of the better games as well. But uh, yeah, I you don't don't try to turn this into like a, I was rooting against Belmont. I like watching Belmont. I was very I was pleased to see them win. Selfishly, of course. I mean, I would have liked to see you know Drake win so that I could win the bet. But uh, I like Belmont. I like that Belmont squad. I think I like that Drake squad too. And it was a good game, and you you know more about college basketball than I do. I've always I've always yeah. bowed down to your you know supremacy in this in this area in this arena. Uh, well done. All right, perfect. That's all I wanted to hear. Did you know that Texas Southern right now, as we're recording, is up twenty on Florida? I did not. That's They're winning sixty five forty five with four minutes to go in the game. Florida's getting upset. But by, by you, like a, you know, is even an upset when you lose by twenty. You know, I looked at earlier. I looked at like tonight's slate of game, and I was like, "Meh." Not yeah, much on. Illinois, Illinois, Iowa might have been the best one, and I think it's tied yeah. right now. But, but yeah, yeah some of those games, are like, Ugh, what? Yeah. What is this? Now let's see. Let's go over to uh, NIT season tip off, and Iowa State is able to beat Memphis. Which, I, let's go. Let's go to go to Memphis here. Um, do you, you still listen to high college basketball, right? I sure do. Do you? Because like they're sort of, you know, I feel like you're almost. I wouldn't say an Alex Lomax fan, but no, you are. I, I'll let you go. Well, okay. I, I guess it I. Seems, it seems like they're bashing him all the time. They are, and and I think I, I won't be considered an Alex Lomax fan. I will push back on their, like Parish. Parish, I think, analyzes a lot of a lot of his college basketball analysis is through the lens of like the NBA, where. You you need a point guard in the NBA. You're you're shit out of luck without a point guard because so much basketball in the NBA is 
It's ball screen actions with your point guard really running the show. And if you don't have a ball dominant kind of lead guard who can get you into something and score really fast, you're you're swimming upstream. You're in trouble. And Memphis, he, he thinks like Boogie Ellis would be a good fit for them. And he, and he probably would just because he's a better, a literally a better player. Boogie Ellis, the guard who started for them last year uh, and then transferred to USC, who's who's awesome. Right now, USC's kicking ass. But I, I think he thinks they need a better point guard. And, and that's probably true. I was probably wrong right. in this regard that their point guard is probably not good enough. But I think we, we oversimplify and we say Memphis averages X amount of turnovers a game. It's because their point guard sucks. Okay, well, the point guard doesn't average all the turnovers. Their big men average uh, – Jalen Duran averages like three turnovers a game. Okay, I, I don't know what point guard is going to fix your big man averaging three turnovers a game. Not very many. Uh, you know, Amani Bates averages 1.1 assists. He has like eight assists all season. Okay, I don't know what point guard is going to fix your shooting guard that can't pass the ball and averages more turnovers than that. Like they have, There's plenty of turnovers to go around for that team. No, Alex Lomax is not a probably a good enough option. I I, I overrated that. I thought that he could be somebody like a like I I was envisioning like a poor man's Kendall Marshall type who's not a scoring mm-hmm. threat but just gets you into your offense effectively. Yeah. Lomax isn't doing that. He averages as many assists as turnovers, and so that's not not ideal, especially when you're not a scoring threat. Uh, I guess my thought is that I don't think they needed a scoring threat point guard because they've got plenty of guys who want to shoot. And clearly that's the issue right now. They got too many guys that want to shoot and not enough guys that want to share the ball. Um, the guys who shoot a ton don't pass it at all. And they've got a ton of guys that want to shoot. None of them, none of them want to pass. And that's the issue with Memphis. I think that's the oversimplification of Memphis right now. It's not that they don't have a point guard. It's that they, it, it, it's that their chemistry got awful and they yeah. haven't run anything since Penny Hardaway's been their head coach. They're function. They don't run a functional offense. Yeah. And, you know, just looking at the schedule, they are currently five and three. They have lost their last three games in a row to Iowa State, Georgia and Ole Miss, who Iowa State, you know, we're still trying to peg them here. But Georgia and Ole Miss are not good basketball teams. They those are teams who they should be beating. And just looking ahead, they in the next, you know, less than two weeks, they play both Bama and Tennessee. So they're going to need to figure it out and figure it out fast because otherwise they are going to be like, they could be looking up in January. Like if they lose both of these games, they could be looking up in like January, February and be thinking like, okay, what, what do I have to do just to get in the tournament? That's the problem. The AAC does not provide you with a lot of high quality opportunities like playing in the SEC or the big 10 or, or any of those power conferences. It's Houston, you know, and and SMU is supposed to be like an okay team, you know, but, uh, Cincinnati might be an okay team, but those aren't exactly like needle moving wins. Here's the issue. Amani Bates, who was pegged as like the next Kevin Durant three years ago, uh, is averaging 11 and a half points a game, uh, 1.3 assists, 2.6 turnovers. So he averages twice as many turnovers as assists. Now I know Amani Bates isn't a point guard, but uh, you're allowed to assist the ball when you uh, play shooting guard or small forward as well. Yep. Uh, he was heralded for his shot making. He's shooting 38.5% from the field, 31% from three. Not a particularly strong shot maker. He has, uh, yeah, barely more points than shot attempts. Jalen Duran, highly rated freshman recruit who's supposed to be, uh, you know, a potential one and done. Ten points, eight rebounds. He's averaging 3.3 blocks, so that's pretty sweet. He averages .9 assists, two and a half turnovers. This is your center. 
Mm-hmm. Your center averaging two and a half turnovers. How does he even touch the ball enough to get two and a half turnovers? Probably setting illegal screens, doing a lot of that stuff. Okay, that's not your point guard's fault, right? He's aver- he's averaging ten points and eight rebounds, which is fine. Two and a half turnovers though, like that's like they're they average nineteen turnovers a game and fourteen assists. It's it's just brutal basketball. And I yeah, I, I'm kind of okay with it. I don't know. I I find yeah. this Memphis team kind of hard to root for, and so I kind of like that they're losing. I'll be honest. I said it. All right, perfect. Uh, let's see. Let's go over to Battle for Atlantis, which uh, Baylor is better than I thought they'd be. You know, they lost all this talent, and I think what are, I think I think they're ranked number two right now. Is that correct? I was just going to click on the rankings because I swear, if they're not ranked higher than than two, or if they're not rated higher than like Duke and UCLA and Gonzaga, then it's a bunch of bullshit, and we should throw out all this shit because yeah. Baylor looks amazing. I don't know what else to say. They look amazing. They look incredible. I mean, they look they look just. I, I can't remember what pot it was, was but uh, someone was saying, like, Baylor's, like, the best. They're, like, the new Villanova. I feel like they just kind of plug in new guys, and they're just, like, ready to roll. It's a machine right now. Yeah, and, you know, they're 8-0, which I'll, I will say, like, they're, they haven't had a murderer's row of a schedule. Their game against Michigan State was definitely their most difficult one, but they, they won by 17. So that should yeah. say enough right there. And then they beat the Arizona next- State and VCU. Three, I mean, that's three good wins. Right there in a row. Now they get Villanova coming up. Yep, and I was just going to say, we could sort of do a quick little mini um, upcoming games and talk about that Villanova game. And that's this Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon. And you, know, that, you, know, you talk like they're, they're this year's Villanova. Well, they have a chance to prove that here. Yeah, that should be a terrific game. I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm fired up for that. I mean, Baylor looks really good. Villanova's obviously looked looked solid so far this year. They've played a really hard schedule. I mean, if you're Villanova and you've played UCLA, you've played Purdue, Tennessee, and now you're potentially going to play Baylor, or you're going to play Baylor, that's a that's getting out there and challenging yourself in the non-con. Um, yeah, I mean that should be a ton of fun. Who do you like? Who's better? Who do you think? Who do you think wins that game? I still think Villanova is a better team, um, and they you know they. What's their record? Have they've lost. I know they lost to uh, UCLA. Have they lost any other ones? Yeah, they lost to Purdue. Purdue. Okay. So I mean, they've lost games, but their their schedule has been more difficult thus far. Agreed. And I see who's the home team here. Oh, Baylor is the home team. So that'll give them a slight edge. I, I I could see this. I could see Villanova eking out like a four point win. I could see that too. Yeah, I do. I do think Villanova is still the better team here. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Any other game recaps, tournaments? Um, I know we sort of touched on UNC over Michigan. Purdue, Iowa was another one we could talk about. You know, Iowa's sort of exceeded expectations, much like Iowa State has this year. And Purdue's able to – I think it was a close game early in the second half, but Purdue's able to pull away late. And Purdue's just good this year. I'm just going to say it. They're really good. That's that's the kind of analysis that you're just not going to find a lot of. Other <laughs> but they, like, just, just be more so, serious. Weakness. Just be just be more serious. So like, my friend texted me the other day, and he goes, "Purdue's gonna be ranked." This is on like Saturday when after Duke had lost, um, and he goes, "Is Purdue seriously gonna be ranked number one in this next ranking?" And I just responded, "I was like, yes, and they are legit. They have two of probably the top ten centers in the country, and they maybe the best point guard." They, yeah, they never play them together. Uh, Jaden Ivey is probably their most NBA-ready. I know you hate when people say NBA-ready, but I'm just going to say it. he's probably their most NBA-ready player. Sasha Stefanovic is a great shooter for them. He almost reminds me of like when uh, 
Matthew Meyer would come in for Baylor last year and just stroke it. But Stefanovic is better, I think. So this team is loaded. It's deep. It's got guys who fill roles perfectly. And yeah. Is that better analysis? It it feels no, that is good analysis. Yeah, that, that it feels like just a really, really well assembled team. They don't have they like what's the weakness? I don't know. Usually you see a team with with two dominant big men and just like for whatever reason, like basketball gods just deem it so that like the weaknesses like, okay, well, your guards suck. Or oh they well okay then they can't shoot, but like this team's got a a potentially dominant point guard who can at times be the best player on the floor and dominate a game in Jaden Ivy. Uh, this team has two dominant big men, and I tell you what, have you seen Travion Williams? He looks like he looks like he's slimmed down quite a bit. Like he looks good. Yeah, does he? Yeah, I, I still don't think they can play together him and Edie, but like those two guys is a I mean that's just like an insane like you're dealing with forty minutes of an elite center. Yeah, you know, like generally when you, you see teams in college like play an elite center, it's like, hey, maybe we get them in foul trouble, get them out of the game. And nope, they just bring in another one who you're not sure is better. Like, yeah, they've got great talent on the wing. Like they've got you know Stefanovic is a terrific shooter. You've got uh, you know Brandon Newman who's been a good player. Caleb First, the freshman, gives them yet another kind of big guy who can stretch it a little bit and rebound and defend and do all that stuff. Eric Hunter, he barely even produces now, but he's been like a multi-year starter. He's a good player. Uh, Isaiah Thompson is another guy who can play. They've got like nine guys. Like they're they're just really deep. And with like high-end talent, I mean, it's a – they got a squad. Yeah. No, I agree. Now, do you have any other games to recap? I do have one – not really a game to recap, but a team I sort of want to talk about. But do you have anyone else? Uh, not off the top of my head. Who do you got? I want to talk about Arizona. Ooh, okay. I'm intrigued. That, like, that, to- that, too. that Tommy Lloyd hiring has worked out for them big time. They are currently 7-0, which granted, you know, a lot Your of guys these Tommy are, Lloyd. Yeah, a lot of these teams are, you know, not like going to be challenging for a Final Four or anything, but they do have a win, like an 18-point win over, over Michigan. They have a win over Wichita State. They have a win over Oregon State. And just, you know, opening up the box door quick, you know, Benedict Matherin, um, Azulis Tabellis, I know we talked about him during the the uh, conference previous season. But Arizona is a team who I think we have to put them ahead of Oregon in the Pac-12 easily, right? Oregon's just been god-awful. Yeah. Now, yes. could they challenge UCLA? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I think – I would say I think UCLA is better. I think their guards are a little better. I think Arizona's guards can be a little shaky. Uh, Matherin is is a stud on the wing. He's they they definitely pass like the get off the bus test. They're big. They're just they're big as hell. I mean Christian Coloco, who their who's their center, it's like a seven footer. Looks just like a. I mean he looks like a. I, I I hate it, but he looks like an NBA center to me. You know what I mean? He's like seven foot and he's like two fifty and he's like muscular and he can like you're turn, run. You're turning into the guy you hate. I know I am. Well, oh, oh, but maybe I'm doing it ironically. Maybe. I'm you know, but, but you have him and, uh, and Tabellus inside him. And that's like a dominant one, two punch inside that I don't think is like so slow that like small teams can play him off the floor. I think that's like a problem. Those two guys are really good. Uh, Matherin is, is a baller on the wing. Um, I think the issue is there. Their guard rotation isn't great. Kirk Krissa 
Dale and Terry are, are kind of starters on the perimeter. And like Terry is another guy who he's like a terrific defensive kind of get up in your junk, play great defense. Um, he's, he's a solid facilitator. Chris is like a solid shooting point. Who's, who's a decent enough facilitator, but I think there's some holes. Their guards have to show me a little more. I'll, I'll put it that way. I think that's where UCLA probably has the edge and I would trust them more, but Arizona looks, they look tough. They look, they look for real. I think, yeah, I mean, I I think, I I don't even know where you put Oregon anymore. Like they lost Arizona state on Sunday night. They just, they're a mess right now. You might have to just kind of move them, put them away for a while. I think if they still look like, like shit in like early mid January, then I think it's one of those teams that every year there's a team that's predict projected to do really well. And we just miss on, right. Every year that happens, like we just miss on a team for some reason for, for unexplainably Oregon looks like that team right now. They just, they look bad. I don't know what else there is to say about them. Yeah. And you know, before the season, I think I had predicted that I could see this team just with all the new moving pieces and everything, seeing them lose a game or here early in the season that they shouldn't lose. And but sort of figuring it out throughout the year, and then you know ultimately peaking come tournament time. I didn't expect them to have four of these losses, and it's definitely worse than I thought. And now I don't think they're going to peak tournament time. That's the thing is, I think you can, I think you can reasonably assume that things are going to get better over the course of the year. But from where they're starting right now, they are they just they look discombobulated. They look like. They look like they have no chemistry, but they also just look like they don't have like none of their players are good. You know what I mean? Like all these guys have been good players in other places, and for some reason, like they're just I don't know. It looks rough. You're right. And and I thought, okay, you can reasonably like lose to Houston. I would even say you could lose to BYU and you could lose yeah. some of these games. But like right. they got run out of the gym by BYU. They got they got run off the floor by St. Mary's. They got obliterated by Houston. And now you're losing Arizona State. Like, I don't know. And it, 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 it gets tougher. Oregon plays Baylor here in the next couple of weeks, too. And, and they play some tough teams, too. So it's not like it's it's not letting up. So I, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. All right. Let's – uh. or I should say first, you have any other games you want to talk about or teams? Um, Not off the top of my head. It feels like it's been kind of a slow – since the, since that Christmas break, I haven't I've I've been off the radar a little bit with some of the college or yeah since since Christmas since Thanksgiving <laughs> I've been uh, off the college hoops kind of radar aside from that Gonzaga Bama game, um, you know and that's the thing here is it slows down now until basically conference play I and mean, conference kind of you get a little bit of it a little taste of it here over the next couple of weeks but like it really heats up I think after January so we've got kind of a weird month here we're kind of in like a limbo. There's occasional conference matchups, a few interesting kind of non-conference matchups, but uh, not a ton. Any teams in particular standing out to you? Um, you know, I don't really have a specific team I need to talk about, but I do have a, I have a state I would like to talk about, Biggs. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, let's let's throw back to the summer when we were doing big winners and big losers. And yeah. my big winner so far is the state of Iowa because – Two Our teams who, to the east. Yeah, you're a neighbor to the east. Yeah. Um, because two teams here, Iowa and Iowa State, which I have no clue. There might be other teams stationed in Iowa. I'm just assuming these are the only two in there. Well, there's but, Northern Iowa. There's uh, Drake. Isn't Drake in Iowa or is that in Nebraska? 
I thought Drake was in Canada or from Canada. Oh, yeah, he is Canadian. That's right. <laughs> but anyways, those two Iowa teams who I'm just going to say are the only two in Iowa have combined for a record of 15-1 and one so far. And here's the best part, Biggs. They play this Thursday. Somebody's somebody. Oh wait, no. Somebody's already got a loss. Somebody could be taking another loss. Then, wow. Yes. And Which one surprised you? Iowa State is more of a surprise. I, I I feel like Iowa just is less of a surprise just because they have you know more of the pedigree sort of thing. I agree. So I would say for, for me, Iowa's more of the surprise, but or Iowa State's more of the surprise. But what do you make of Keegan Murray? I know this time last week, I believe he was the nation's leading scorer. And he might still be. What's what? What do you make of his sort of breakout this year? You know, I I'm like I saw his breakout, and I I thought to myself like I'm a little disappointed that we didn't spend more time when we were doing Big Ten previews. I'm a little disappointed in in ourselves for not kind of giving Iowa a little more time and digging a little deeper because I, I will say I didn't see 25 points a game coming. I, I did like that Keegan Murray low last year for that Iowa team. He came off the bench and was kind of a, just a piece as a freshman. And and I remember at last year at the time thinking like, God, this Iowa team, if they bring back all the guys that they do and they're going to lose Garza, but like if they bring back Wieskamp and they bring back CJ Frederick, this Keegan Murray could be a breakout guy. I like Joe Toussaint. Um, if they had Nunji, who's at Xavier right now and doing some good things, like you got the ingredients for like a badass squad there. Um, you know, fast forward now, a lot of those guys are gone. Murray's there, and, and he's really having a nice breakout. He's a good player, and, and there's two of them. There's two of them on the team, and both of them are doing well. And I'm with you. I think Iowa is – they're not going to be, like, one of the five best teams in the country or something, but I do think we're at the point where we can almost just kind of assume, like, Iowa's at least going to be decent. They're never going to be, like, just terrible. You know what I mean? Yep. Right. Yeah, they're a lot like Wisconsin in that sense. Yeah. Um, And, you know, just – you know, I I remember looking at this team for the conference preview, and I basically just looked at they have Jordan Mohannon, and that's it. Well, Jordan Mohannon's their fourth leading scorer at 10, 10 and a half points per game. Keegan Murphy, or Murray, who we mentioned, 20, 25 points per game. Um, Patrick McCaffrey, 12. Chris Murray, 11.7. So just sort of, you know, they have like that stud who they can go to to get a bucket. And then they just have three, four other guys who – have solid contributions to the team, really. Yeah, just I mean, Fran McCaffrey can coach offense. It seems like no matter what, he's got guys who could score. I mean, they're going to have teams that are just going to pile up points with the stuff he runs. They're, they're at least going to be like a fun watch, you know? Yep, and then flipping over to Iowa State, you know, they have uh, first-year head coach TJ Otzelberger. And, you know, so far it's been Isaiah Brockington who's been their – star and you know he transferred from penn state a year ago averaged like 12 points uh eight points his sophomore year but now he's up to 16 points per game and gabe kalsher you know you're a boy from minnesota who we'll, we'll get into minnesota later because you might have yeah to, you, you might have to issue your home state an apology to be honest i might <laughs> but he's averaging 12 points per game he could never find his shot at minnesota and i guess technically he's still only shooting 25 percent from three um but he's averaging 12 points per game um, so yeah, just another surprising team. Neither one of these teams has really, I mean, I'm just looking at the schedule here. I guess Iowa State has had some good wins too, is the thing. You know, Xavier, Memphis, Creighton. You That's know, three solid wins, I think. I mean, yeah. we, we assume beating Memphis is a good win. 
Yeah, Iowa State does have some they got some <laughs> nice wins. I don't know. A- a- am I horrible if I just continue to doubt them and I think eventually the, f- the floor is going to drop out? I- I'm just like not believing it yet. Okay, that's fair. But it's tough when they have those three wins who I just mentioned. That's true. <laughs> is beating Memphis impressive, though? Georgia just beat them. That's true. But so beating Xavier is probably their most that is, That's win. a nice win. You're right. Yeah. Xavier is off to a good start. That is a nice win. I actually think Creighton might be better than we were kind of thinking. Remember we were kind of talking about Creighton thinking like we might be a year early on this? Yeah. Yep. Maybe Creighton's a little better than we thought. I don't, that I don't think they're going to be like amazing, but I, maybe they're better even than like we – we gave them credit for. I don't know, but you're right. That's true. That is an impressive win. And I tell you what, from like where, from where the expectation of Iowa State was, we thought they were going to be just complete dog, and they haven't been. They've been pretty good. So I think you have to be encouraged by that. And who knows? I mean, the Big Twelve is what's the worst team in the Big? 12? I mean, Kansas State. I guess the Big Twelve looks tough though. I mean, Kansas yeah. looks good. Baylor looks really good. Texas has kind of been off the radar here since that Gonzaga game. So, you know, I'm sure they're just out there just tilling the field, putting in the work, getting a little better. And Texas Tech is going to be on the stage here coming up. I think they have Tennessee coming up. That that could be a game we kind of preview here later on. Um, You know, uh, Oklahoma's been okay. Oklahoma State is not great, but I, I have a hard time imagining, like, the not having the tournament to play for is a bit of a gut punch. Maybe Iowa State can compete in the middle of that Big 12. Yeah, maybe. Now, all right, let's just get right into Biggs. Minnesota, who hired Ben Johnson over the summer, who you hated. You doubted it. I, I was a fan the whole time. I right. said, you know what, this is right. going to work. Right, okay. Now, they're 7-0. and They actually had – I feel like they had an impressive victory finally um, just yesterday with Mississippi State. And, you know, just looking at their box score, or not their box score, their stats for the year, they're being paced by two of their, like, 35 transfers, uh, Jamison Battle and Peyton Willis. Explain to me why you were so wrong. Um, I guess I was wrong because some of these guys – can play at the high major level. They got a bunch of mid majors who are were coming from like teams that weren't particularly good, even at the mid and low major level. And Peyton Willis was a boomerang transfer who played at Minnesota two years ago when they had like Daniel Aturo, and he was like not good. He he averaged like eight points a game, shot like thirty seven percent from the field. He was just kind of a guy. He's doubled his scoring average. Uh, that's pretty encouraging. Uh, Jamison Battle is another one who who played for a George Mason t- – no, George Washington team that was was not good over the last couple of years. And he's, he's doing it now at Minnesota, and that's impressive. Their depth is not great. They play basically seven guys. They don't have really any size. Um, it's a lot of guards. But I will say this. They're old. They're basically all – they're all basically fourth and fifth year seniors. So that there, there's probably something to be said about having – a bunch of fifth-year seniors who who have played a ton of basketball and guys who probably have felt slept on. I mean, they heard it. They got picked to be last in the Big Ten. Uh, they probably heard it. These guys play hard, and that's, that is definitely something you see with them is that they grind. I mean, they definitely grind. They take a ton of threes, so they play kind of a style that, that might allow them to, to sneak out some wins. I am worried that I, I do think once Big Ten play starts – 
the depth is going to get further compromised. Like if, if someone gets in foul trouble for this team, they're really in trouble. They're in like big trouble. I mean, Peyton Willis has never averaged more than like 13 points a game. He averaged 13 points a game at Charleston, like the university of Charleston last year. Uh, he's averaged 17 a game now. So I do wonder if that number levels off a little bit. It's hard to deny though. They they've, they've won every game on the schedule. And while the games that they've won, the, the first one of, of note is beating Mississippi State, which is a pretty impressive win, especially when you yep. do it at their place. Yep. We'll see. I mean, maybe they won't be the best. Maybe they won't be the worst team in, in high major division one. Yeah. And we're definitely going to see or get a better picture of what their season's going to be just in the next you know week here because they play on Wednesday evening. They play at Michigan State and then – Saturday evening they play Michigan. So those those are the two better teams in their conference. So we're definitely going to get a better idea of what their season is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. That'll be that'll be interesting. I would expect that they lose both those games. Can they be competitive in in either of those games is the question for me. Or even if they just win one of them, really. Yeah, can you win one? That'd be interesting. Yep. Yep. Now, you know, we already talked about some of these games, but do you do you have any of the other ACC Big Ten Challenge games you want to talk about? I completely forgot that like some of these games that we were recapping had to do with that. Yeah, true. The ACC Big Ten Challenge did it. Is it just me or did they? Feel, did I? Did it feel like they just didn't market it at all? I guess. I, yeah, I would say that. I feel I like it flew. Either. I feel like it just flew super under the radar. Like literally, the only game you saw anything like for, of course, was Duke Ohio Duke, State. Ohio State. You didn't hear anything about Purdue, Florida State. You didn't hear anything about Carolina, Michigan. Nothing about Louisville, Michigan State. Like, nothing. It was odd. Usually that's like a – they just like hype the hell out of it. It's a cash cow that they just milk to death. I don't know why. They just like – it's like they forgot about it. Or, or like post-Thanksgiving, they're just like, fuck it. We're just – we're still tired on turkey or something. I don't know. Yep. It was weird. Yeah. But uh, – we already talked about some of these games, but Minnesota over Pitt, uh, Ohio State over Duke, and North Carolina. What Indiana uh, and Syracuse? That went to like I think three overtimes or four overtimes, maybe. I'm trying to find it on here, I did not get to watch it. I think it was like one. Well, it was I... like one fifteen to like one twelve and four overtimes, and I want to say it was Cuse that won. Your your oh, boy Bayheims, the Bayheims Army. Oh, how, how's the uh, how's the uh, the new Bayheim doing? I think he had twenty something in their win over Indiana. So that's wow. something. Wow. Uh, what do you make? What do you make of Purdue beating Florida State by twenty eight points? Is that more of a referendum on Purdue's greatness or Florida State not being as good as we thought? Yes. Okay. Perfect. I, I mean, I, I mean, Javi, how can you not be impressed by Purdue? I mean, I think Florida State. I think they've earned enough equity here over the last few years that they're they're not bad i don't think they're going to be a terrible basketball team i think they're going to be fine they're probably not as good as they have been the last couple years where it's like top 10 to 20 good they might just be like good you know not like really good purdue is like awesome though i I think that's the that's the big takeaway for me yeah Uh, um the best team in the acc Uh, i mean i think we assume it's fair to say probably duke at this point is the best. Yeah, who, who's the second best? Um, you know, start of the year, I'm trying to just go through my head quick on who's in the ACC. You know, North Carolina's up there. Virginia Tech was up there. But they haven't looked as good. Like, Storm Murphy hasn't looked as good as we thought. No, he looks like a mid-major guard, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other 
Who else have I imp- been impressed by? Uh, well, Louisville, State, got, we, Louisville got yeah. by Michigan State. I, I got to give it to North Carolina. I, I think. I think, I think so I, too. I, I, you know, the last couple of games, you know, we, I talked about how bad their defense had looked for a series of you know three, four, five games. The last couple of games, they've looked good on the defensive side. They sure have. Yeah. Well, they, they held Georgia Tech, I think, to like sixty. Now that's you know yeah. it's Georgia Tech, so I don't think that's a particularly good team. But but they held they held Michigan to about that same amount. Now, granted, Hunter Dickinson was out with foul trouble. They crushed but, Michigan. That was impressive. Yeah. It's hard not yeah. to be impressed by that. Yep. That was yeah, the first I time I think I've had fun watching North Carolina in in probably two years. Yeah, for sure. And I missed the first half because of City League. How's that gone? We lost. Oh no! Why? Yeah, we uh, we yeah. ran up against a better team who was better. Really? And they all played us. Yep. How's but like how though? Wow! I know. <laughs> yeah. I so you guys no, were no longer league. no lo- well we still could but we're no longer undefeated. Bomber. Yeah, our my first city league loss because I haven't played for a couple years. My first city yeah. league loss since Virginia won the national title a year after losing as a one seed to a 16. Whew. Yeah. Oh, and they lost to a service academy to open their season this year. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's a team <laughs> that sucks right now. Virginia does. Yeah, they do. They have not looked good at all. And, no. you know, we've talked about how, like, they're, they're, they're obviously a defensive identity team, but they always seem to have at least one or two guys who can go and score for them. Like you think of Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, uh, Mom, Mom D, Diakite, all those guys. They don't have. Who's that guy this year? It's not. Uh, it's not. I can't think of their little point guard's name. Kihei Clark. Ki- Kihei Clark. I can never think of his first name. Kihei. Kihei. <laughs> Weird name. But no, they have not looked good at all. No. no. They'll probably end up being the second best team in the ACC just just because I have a hard time imagining they won't be. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, they. It just looks like the ACC just sucks. Yeah. Um. Let's uh. Let's go to the part of the show where we scroll through the upcoming slate of games and just say which ones we like. Okay. Uh. I see tomorrow night Texas Tech against Tennessee. Yeah. Texas sign me up Tech, for that one. Texas Tech, who is six and one, but you know remains unranked because they, they haven't really played anyone tough yet. But yep. you know. That'll be a good sort of measuring stick for the for them. You know, they'll be on the road there. Um, I don't really see much else for Tuesday. Maybe Villanova Syracuse. Um Syracuse could be interesting. Could, could give them a run for their money. Uh, let's see. Wednesday, Yukon, West Virginia. That could be a good one. In, yeah, Wisconsin, Indi- Indiana. Yeah, Indiana, Wisconsin. Uh we talked already talked about Michigan State, Minnesota. Ooh, Utah State, BYU, a little mid major versus Pac twelve matchup there. I missed that one. Where's that at? That's on Wednesday. The battle for Utah. Is that really? Is that how they market it? Like the Flint Michigan Mega Bowl? I don't know. Or the was it was a Kentucky Classic or something like that? Yeah, the Kentucky Classic or was Kentucky against? I don't know another team from Kentucky. I guess South Harmon Institute of Technology. Sure. All right, Thursday, Texas at Seton Hall. I just about to. I didn't even know there was a Big East Big Twelve battle. Any good matchups in there? Let's see, Texas Seton Hall. Is that about it? That might be it. Iowa Iowa State. That's not a Big East Big Twelve oh, matchup. Well, okay, this is 
So you know how like the the ACC Big Ten is like over about you know three or four days. Yeah. The Big East Big Twelve battle already started December first, and the last scheduled game for it is December eighteenth. So it just kind of goes on forever. It, like, yeah, they just heavily <laughs> matched up. Like matchups are just sprinkled in. Who? Maybe they didn't even schedule this as part of like the the battle, but like each team just like had a game against like the other conference. So they're like, oh, let's just market this. <laughs> We could turn this into something. <laughs> I can um, see but but games like there's literally one, two, three, four games that have already happened as we record. Um, but there's in the next you know two weeks or so there's UConn, West Virginia that could be a good one. Texas Eaton Hall. Um, uh, yeah, sign up for both of those. Villanova, Kansas plays Missouri. Oh no, that's SEC. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Villanova plays. Baylor. Yep. Oh, that's part of that, I suppose, huh? Yep, it is. Yeah. Cool. Way to get those two teams. Then I, I'm, I'm glad that that's the matchup. Yeah. Now, another game on Thursday that you know, could be a good one is Purdue against Rutgers. Rutgers is only 4-4, four and four, though, though. They have not. Rutgers sucks. Yeah, they have not been good. No. They just got ever- blitzed by Illinois here the other night, too. Like, uh, I don't know what happened there. Rutgers is bad. So, is this a case of w- where we're having – Second half Ron Harper instead of first half Ron Harper from last year? Might be. Well, I, I think it's that and probably just like, you know, we were talking about this maybe with a little bit of Oregon, like where they lose good players and you just kind of assume that average players will then step into good players' shoes and, and mm-hmm. become good players and sometimes doesn't work like that. But, yeah, Ron Harper's not been particularly good. He's shooting 40% from the field, averaging 15 and 8. He's okay, but you need more. Yep. And Geo Baker, he's been – Okay, you know, 40% from the field, averaging 11 points and four assists. But Paul McKay, he is a start. He plays 32 minutes a game, and he averages seven points. It's just not enough. You know, Caleb McConnell plays 26 minutes a game, averages five points. That's just like you're dumping a lot of minutes into guys who just don't do anything. Yeah, and McKay, he is their fourth leading scorer at, as you mentioned, seven points per game. That's not He's shooting 30% from the field, which is actually better than what Caleb McConnell's shooting. He's shooting 29.4% from the field. Yeah. So not a great recipe there. But I mean, we'll still watch it. Absolutely. Yeah. Shit. Great call. Anything Friday? I'm trying to think. I, I probably won't be able to watch because our, our basketball team starts their season on Friday. Ooh. Ah, uh, Friday. Let's go. Friday is sort of a day where they just don't have very many good games. Um, it seems like it. The throwaway Mem- note. Memphis hosts Murray State, the Fighting Ja Morants. Yellowstone um, Christian College is at Montana. <laughs> yep, that is true. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. Louisville, DePaul. DePaul's six and one. Huh. Should we talk about them? Have they played anyone? I don't think so. No, they haven't. Okay. No, I'm writing them off. Make them get to 10 wins before we talk about them. Okay. Uh, let's go to Saturday here, Biggs. Um, this is a good day. Wisconsin, Ohio State. Yep. BYU Creighton, they're at the Pentagon. They're in Sioux Falls. Are you going to that? I think I'm working, but uh, I would yeah. love to. On Saturday? All right, basketball or what? Uh, so at our school, we have like, you know, kids who are like failing or do stupid shit, they get like put into Saturday school. So, you know, there's like, there's like 20 kids who like, they just have a ton of missing assignments. It's a, it's a good opportunity for those kids to come in. They're there until I think it's like eight 30 to maybe one 30. 
you know, and, and it's like, get caught up. This is like a five hour study hall and teachers can sign up to work it. Like it's a voluntary thing. I get paid. It's basically like I get paid like a substitute teacher money. Okay. Um, it's a great day that I can do like prep work then too. So yep. Okay. I think I signed up for a, I signed up for a couple of them, I think. And I think I'm working this Saturday. So I'm hoping I'll be done though in the afternoon so I can catch some of these hoops matchups because there are some really good ones. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, we just said Wisconsin, Ohio State, BYU, Creighton. Arkansas, Arkansas at Oklahoma. Yep, that could be a good one. Um, Obviously your big one, Villanova and Baylor. Yep. St. Bonaventure, UConn. That could be a oh, good one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that one. That's a matchup that I'm intrigued by. Oh, Houston Bama finishes off the night yeah. at nine o'clock. That'll keep me yeah. up. Yeah, that's fun. Yes. Oh, what a day! Ah, oh, shit. There's I'm a really. The, I'm at the in-laws Saturday, Biggs. I can't watch these. Why? Christmas. You don't need Christmas. You need college hoops. <laughs> that's true. I'll, Christmas isn't until the 25th, John. I'll make the GF listen to this portion of the podcast. Yes. She, yes. Oh, she will, Cincinnati Xavier. Ooh, a little that's rivalry. The there that's there the will best be a college hoops. Over under one and a half punches thrown. Ooh. I'm going to say under because I think it's kind of like new Cincinnati coach. Ooh, actually, no, I'm going to go over. New Cincinnati coach. I think he's looking to they've got some they've got some kind of junkyard dog kind of guards out there. I th- I think they got something to prove. Little uh they'll be a little chip on the shoulder. Xavier's got kind of an old squad, so like they've been in a bunch of these games, so like they want to go out with a win. Yeah. So I, I'll take the over. Okay. Perfect. Um any other Saturday ones you see? A couple that I would Arizona at Illinois. That's interesting actually. Yeah, I missed that one. one. Uh Kentucky at Notre Dame, but Notre Dame kind of sucks. So I don't know. Three There's some four. like name brand. I, I, I was I was high on them too, but me too. Been. And and they've been like disappointing. So hey, maybe this is a chance though. You you play at you play at home against Kentucky. Like if it's not going to happen there, when's it going to happen? Like maybe that's a chance for them to to maybe do something, show us something. Yep. Missouri at Kansas. I know people will hype that one because that's a great rivalry. You know those those schools used to play for a really long time and then they kind of stopped. Uh, does absolutely nothing for me though. I think Missouri is going to be terrible. So I, I don't think that game will be even. Good. It sucks that it's on ESPN. Yeah. All right. Let's go over to Sunday here, Biggs. We've Great got, Saturday State. It is. Sunday isn't quite as good. We already talked about Villanova, Baylor, you know, Florida, Maryland, uh, Rutgers, Seton Hall. That's about what you're looking at for Sunday. Villanova, Baylor. Oh, yeah. That one's on That one's on Sunday. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, Colgate at St. John's is sneaky interesting. I think Colgate's got a squad. They beat oh. Syracuse a couple weeks ago. They put up 100 on Syracuse. So I think they're okay. Um, you know, and St. John's is okay. So that honestly might be the most watchable one. Florida versus Maryland is probably up there as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, not a bad slate of games for the next, uh, next few days before we pot again. Not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad at all. And just as I, I'm looking at Colgate now, they're three and five with losses to Northeastern, Niagara, Harvard, Cornell, and NC State. What in the hell are we? What are we doing? Yeah, what how are they you beat, talking about? You, how they you, beat Syracuse? How'd that happen? What is this? Every blind squirrel finds a nut, Biggs. Oh my gosh! No kidding! Unbelievable! Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, you got anything else, Biggs? 
Uh, I think that's all I've got, John. Uh, it just It's great to be with you again. I'm really glad that we were able to, to carve out time here to pod together. Uh, yeah. I know, you know, we're, we're in the season of, you know, reflection and, and in my reflection, I, I'm just, I'm just very glad that we have an opportunity to do this together. Yeah. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we were trying to do two pods a week there for a while. It's got to be too much. That's why our, uh, three or four fans haven't heard us for about a week and a half. So yep. I, I think we're sort of going to stick to the schedule of one per week, unless there's something big that happens or maybe tournament yeah. time, maybe tournament time we can go back to. Yeah. And, and we'll yeah. see if we can, if we can, and if we can like sneak in some more, you know, when we, when we can, yeah. we, we certainly will, but this is, I think a good idea. Yeah. So to all our fans, we love you guys and see you next week. Bye.